Howdy there, my fellow distanced fellows. This is Peyton Zignegger here with COVID Operation of Renew, your daily dose of cheer. Be Friday Eve or Thursday, I suppose you could call it. Either works, or at the very least, I've used both interchangeably, so at least in the context of this podcast, either work. I'm sure I've called it something else at some point, but at the moment I don't exactly remember what that would be, so we're just gonna stick with the two for now. I hope you'll forgive me. Now, I will give a little tapioca update, because I feel like we haven't had one in a while, or at the very least a day, and that is far too long. She was peacefully sleeping on my lap earlier, and she sleeps with her mouth just slightly open. It looks like she's about to make a concerned comment or something, but it is very cute. Another thing she does that is kind of weird is she sleeps with one eye open quite frequently, or she rests. I'm not entirely sure if she's fully asleep or not, but she'll just sort of stare outwardly with only one eye open and the other closed, and it kind of makes her look like a little one-eyed pirate. But I read online recently that apparently cats do this because it allows them to both rest and also be alert and watch out for threats. I'm not entirely sure what threats she thinks she's looking out for. Maybe a sudden sneak attack belly rub, but whatever she's looking out for, at least she's cute and looks like a little pirate. Actually, this reminds me of the time when we were first adopting her from the animal shelter. Her name used to be Poppy, which I thought was pretty cute, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted, you know? I was trying to come up with other names, and one of the names that had came up in the list of creating names was Beardy, because she has this little patch under her chin that looks like a beard. She's a calico cat, so she has different splotches everywhere, but there's this black patch that she has under her chin and on her chin that makes it look like she has a beard, or sometimes if the lighting is right, it makes her look like she has a giant open mouth, which is a little spooky, but mostly cute. And so just thinking she looks like a pirate reminded me of when her name was almost Beardy for a little bit there. Occasionally my dad will call her Beardy, but now it's just a nickname as opposed to her actual official name that's on records. I think tapioca suits her a lot more anyway, and I think it is much more fitting to a princess of her nature than Beardy, but you know, Sometimes I wonder what she would have turned out like if I had named her Beardy, or if she would be a little rapscallion instead of the sweet little princess who likes to dig her claws into me. Or perhaps she would be the same and dig her claws into me no matter what. But, you know, I would still love it and appreciate it just as much as I do now in any other timeline. Unless, of course, it's the timeline in which I don't like cats, but I do not want to meet that version of myself because, honestly, that is such a central part of who I am at this point, and at least 98% of my conversations end up up being, hey, you want to see pictures of my cat? She's really cute. But I digress. I just wanted to talk about how cute my cat is for, what, the 300th time? No, instead, I have something else to talk about, and that is my sudden addiction to Victorian-era cooking tutorials. Now, I don't know what happened that made me start liking these, but for some reason or another, I've started binge-watching repeatedly videos of people dressed up in Victorian clothing, teaching me how to cook meals that they would have eaten in the Victorian era, and using the tools that they would have used, and etc, etc. I don't know what half the stuff they're talking about is. Some of these spices and herbs I've never heard of, and I would have thought that by now we'd be more advanced, but it seems sometimes that they have more options than I do. Maybe it's just because I don't really cook, or the fact that I live in industrialized America, so really... I don't have the option to go out into a flower patch that I have just next to my house in the local dairy farm, and, well, I could go to a local dairy farm because I live in Wisconsin, but I couldn't 
go out into the pastures and find this special flower that the cows feast on, which is only grown in one place of England, and yada yada yada. There's a lot of backstory in these, okay? This lady, she was telling me about how her father used to go out and harvest this herb, and then she used this thing to crush it up, and I was like, lady, I'm just gonna be going down to Family Fresh. I don't have the option or the opportunity or the want, really, to go out into these fields and pick these herbs. No, the most I'm going to do is maybe go to Aldi and buy a couple things, okay? I don't want to put that much effort in. I just really want to make this bread so I can say, hey, look at the skill I learned. I can take it to college and show it off at parties, maybe. But no, she needs me to go through all of these steps, and I'm like, well, one, I think that the best food that I could scavenge for in the city besides, you know, trash would be rat meat or perhaps pigeon if I was lucky to catch one and she's asking me to go out and hunt these things and gather these herbs so I thought maybe I could do the same except instead of you know Victorian cooking it's Chicago cooking so I'd remake a recipe of hers except instead of going out and saying these big stories about having my servants go ahead and knead the bread for me it's just me forcing my roommates to do stuff for me and when she says go out and gather these herbs I just go and see what sort of odd plants are going in sidewalk cracks and I pick those and see what sort of I don't know decaying rat I can find on the streets or maybe I'll even venture into the L-line station and scrape off some of the mysterious mold that oozes from the walls to add to that perfect base of my bread. I definitely think that my bread would be a whole lot more toxic, but at that point I think that it's just a pride thing and I have to really show her up that, no, you can do these things anywhere. It doesn't just have to be Victorian England in the fields, it can also be modernized Chicago. And I think, you know, Half the food you can get in the city anyway is probably made of the same stuff, you know? Sometimes you just go into a restaurant and you gamble your life, all right? But you know what? I'm pretty sure there's at least four butchers in the city I could go to who would cut up that rat meat real nice, make it real tasty. But maybe I won't do that, and instead I will just get on to today's topic, which is more podcasting tips, because I learned a lot in my past week, and I feel like I definitely need to share some of the things that I have experimented with and done, and sort of share a precautionary tale, but also give some advice to any young budding podcasters out there, especially if you're going to be doing interviews. So I do all my interviews over Zoom, if you've heard me say, this is my Zoom studio. Just that's how you know it's in Zoom. And Zoom lets you record meetings pretty easily. It's actually really slick. If you record a meeting, they will give you both a video and an audio file, so you don't even have to separate the audio from the video, which wouldn't be that hard, but it's an extra step. So it's pretty easy to just plug it into Audition and get started. But I found out that my laptop, who is very old and on her last legs, to be honest, she doesn't always like it when I try to record. Sometimes she says she doesn't have any storage when she does, or she says she has lots of storage when she doesn't, and sometimes she just shuts off. But that's all the quirks of being Bess. Bess is the name of my laptop, by the way. Good old Bess. As a side note, sometimes my gamer roommate will ask me how Bess is doing or if Bess could handle a certain thing, and I just respond to her like we're having a conversation about some old cow we're about to take out to pasture, and if, you know, go to old Bess, can she still go out there and eat grass with the rest of them, or is she gonna need a little bit of a break? And I guess we're just sort of role-playing as farmers-only prospective farmers, but anyway... She's my laptop, and as I record all my meetings over Zoom, sometimes she has a little bit of an issue with that. Normally, she can run Zoom just fine, but occasionally she has some issues, and that's where the fun begins. So I was doing my interview, which was yesterday's actually, for None Above, 
and as I'm getting in there to hit the record button, Bess says, no thank you, I don't want to do that. And I tried to figure out why she was doing that while also having a guest on the other line. So I had to, of course, apologize and excuse myself to try to figure this out. I must have cleared out like 16 files and programs, and Bess was still not having it at all. So I tried to reason with her, you know, I was talking to her the whole time, and I probably should have muted myself, which I guess is another precaution to take while I gently stroked my computer and talked to her and really tried to comfort her in this time that was obviously so tough for her. And I deleted, I don't know, 15 folders worth of stuff, and she still said, "Ah, I don't know, I don't have enough space, I just... Golly, I can't do it. Not today. I tried. I tried so hard. I must have tried like 15, 20 times before I just said, you know what, Bess? It's okay. I'll do it another way. So here's the solution I came up with. I took my phone out and I put the record app and I opened it up and I popped that bad boy right against my speaker. So that the audio from the band would transfer onto the phone. And so I could have their recording. Was this maybe a few extra steps and a very weird roundabout way to do it. Yes, probably, but it's the only solution I had. So next time I'll probably try to come up with something else, but I do preface interviews now by apologizing and saying, hey, if Bess gives up on me, this is how I'll do it, because at least I have another option. But I will say to anyone out there who's looking to maybe do Zoom interviews or start a podcast of their own, have another method of recording because sometimes your laptop will pull a Bess, as I say, and decide that it doesn't want to do the job and you'll have to find another way to do it. I'm sure that there are other ways to record a Zoom meeting than propping your phone against the laptop speaker and just sort of hoping it works. That's also why the audio quality yesterday was not as high as per usual. Sorry about that, by the way, I was really doing my best. My best. Huh. Anyway. So I would just recommend you have another way of doing things that, in the case of an emergency, like your laptop deciding to give up on life altogether, you have another way of doing it and it can be nice and seamless and you can really just feel like a professional because, as we all know, COVID operation is really the height of professionality. That's why I wear Hawaiian shirts all the time, because they're professional and suave. And I feel like no one else agrees with me on that one, but you know what? I stand by it, just like I stand by my old laptop, who I love dearly, and I have Good Omen stickers on, so I can't give her up, right? But in addition to that, I also now test out my Zoom recordings to make sure that they will work before even the guest gets on. I'll start the Zoom meeting early so I can send them the link, and then after I've done that, I make sure everything will record. And I highly recommend that you do that as well if you ever are doing a Zoom interview or need to record a Zoom meeting for any reason. This also ensures that it's properly set up so that it will record and save to the place you need it to, because to be completely honest with you, I didn't even think about testing it out when I had the problem or even before I had the problem. I just hit the button and hope for the best, which is how I do a lot of things in my life. But when it's, you know, part of your job and you are talking to an industry professional, you might as well have a couple extra backup steps there set up for you. I also think perhaps screen recording might work and... I'm not entirely sure how it works on most laptops, but on a Mac you can screen record, and I'm not sure if it records audio or not. I know on an iPad it will, because I've done that before, but I don't know about laptops, so I'd test that out once again beforehand. But in any case, I definitely think it's a good idea, and if you're really unsure about it, you could always have someone else record it. You could have another person on the call who's simply there just to record the interview and make sure you have at least one file of it. Either way, I think you should have at least one plan of attack when it comes to Zoom interviews and Zoom calls, especially 
because Zoom can be a seedy place sometimes. Another thing I would recommend when doing Zoom interviews is if your guest hasn't used Zoom before or isn't very familiar with it, is to acknowledge the fact that there are rumors, or at least there have been Zoom bombers, quote unquote, and that there is a slight chance that something may happen during the interview that is out of your control. And I think just acknowledging that if it is something that maybe has happened to you or you're worried about happening, just acknowledging that it could happen and that you have maybe a plan. You can say, well, if this happens, this is what I will do. And just sort of give a security to your guest and also to yourself so that you know that if something happens, you have a plan and are prepared to go either way. I think in these cases, being more prepared is better than being less prepared because I've seen more success in my own interviews and with my own stuff that if I am more prepared, I am definitely doing better than if I'm less prepared because as I said with the My None Above interview, I wasn't prepared for any of that to happen. And so when it did, I was very flustered and I didn't exactly know what to do, but now I know what I'm doing and I'm more capable of explaining calmly to my guests that, hey, if this happens, I have a plan and I'll just need a moment of pause before I continue on. And they're always pretty understanding with it, which I am always so thankful for because it makes me a lot more relaxed and less anxious. So, you know, that's been really nice to know. And another little nugget of wisdom before I finish this little segment is that remember that your guests that you're interviewing are people too, and they will understand if you have a technological mishap that was out of your control or if you lose your train of thought while thinking, because it happens to all of us, it happens to the best of us, and they have probably had it happen to them too. And that's been a big comfort to me because when I had my first couple interviews, I was like, wow, the people I'm interviewing are industry professionals, and that means that they're perfect all the time and nothing bad ever happens to them. And so when my computer freaks out, it must be them thinking that I am just not prepared or know what I'm doing. But no, I am prepared and know what I'm doing more so now than before. But at the same time, then they've also had this sort of thing happen to them and they know what it's like if your internet freezes and they know what it's like when all this happens. So they're always very understanding and it's very nice. So again, remember if you're interviewing people or if you want to remember that we're all people, we all have mistakes, everybody has those days, and sometimes you just have a best for a laptop, and so you may have some issues, but everybody knows what that's like. So you don't have to be afraid to talk to people, and it's very comforting to know that. And I think that sometimes it's something we overlook, especially I know I do sometimes, but it's good to keep in mind when you're doing these sorts of things. So really, I hope at least one little bit of this advice has been helpful to you in some way, or maybe it'll lodge itself in your brain and become helpful for you later. But that is all the advice I have up to now. I'm sure that I will do more growing and learning experiences as time goes on because we're always learning and growing as people. So I will probably have more podcasting advice soon enough. So not to worry, this is not the last installment of this, I'm sure. But if you did enjoy it or if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, I would be happy to hear them at my email. That is Peyton, P-E-Y-T-O-N, at storyarkark.org. I'm doing my Ask Peyton segment tomorrow, actually, because it's Friday. So if you have any questions, make sure you get them in so I can answer them by Friday. Boogie woogie, that is all I have. So thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you tomorrow. This has been COVID Operation. I've been Peyton Zignego. Once again, thank you so much. Stay safe out there. Peyton and Tapioca, over and out.